0: AMU, American Military University, is proud to present In Public Safety Matters. Welcome, everybody. Thank you very much for coming to today's podcast. We have a very special guest with us today. We've got Miss Jumaro Johnson. Welcome, Ms. Johnson. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, I really appreciate taking the time to speak with us today. To introduce you and to give a little bit of background, you are the Human Trafficking Coordinator for the State Attorney's Office in Broward County and the President of the Broward Human Trafficking Coalition in Broward County, correct?
1: Yes, sir. That is correct.
0: Awesome. Can you share a little bit more about your background in terms of the important role that you have in combating the problem of human trafficking?
1: Sure, of course, I'd love to do that. So, as you stated earlier, I am currently employed with the Broward County State Attorney's Office, which is in the 17th Judicial Circuit, and I am employed as the human trafficking coordinator for this specific office. So, I'm sure you know that the prosecutor's office, the state attorney's office, known to in some states as the DA, the district attorney's office, but for us, it's the state attorney's office. Our office prosecutes crimes. So, there are different divisions. You have homicide divisions, you have felony divisions, you have domestic violence divisions. I am assigned to the sexual battery and child abuse unit. And so the prosecutors in our unit prosecute all crimes surrounding any type of sexual abuse, sexual assault, child molestation, human trafficking, any type of child abuse, whether it be physical or sexual. We also prosecute elder abuse cases in our our unit as well. And so I also serve as the president of the Broward Human Trafficking Coalition, which is a 501c3 organization. We've been in existence since about 2008. I started out in the coalition as, you know, just a member of the coalition. And as years progressed, you know, I moved up, I became a board member, and then I became the vice president, and now I serve as the president of the coalition. And that all stems from my background work with the Department of Juvenile Justice, in which I was employed for 15 years. And during my time with the Department of Juvenile Justice, I oversaw a unit called the Crossover Unit. I was actually the first supervisor ever for that unit. So I wrote all of the, the circuit operational procedures for that unit. And that unit, we were specifically responsible for supervising children that had been placed on a form of probation or a conditional release by the juvenile court. But they were also being served, not just in the juvenile court, some of them were also being served in the dependency court. Um, I also supervise youth that had been charged with sex offenses. So my unit supervised the youth sex offenders. We also supervised youth that were classified as interstate compact cases, which means that those are cases that would come from other states, children that were on probation from other states. And if their parents moved to Florida or they moved to Broward, those cases would come to my unit and my officers would supervise those cases. So while being a supervisor with the Department of Juvenile Justice, we started noticing a lot of kids being charged with prostitution. Talking about 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year kids being charged with prostitution. And I didn't understand how children were being charged by law enforcement with the crime of prostitution. And in the state of Florida, the age of consent to have sex without restriction is 18. So how are you charging a child for a crime they don't have the legal right to give consent to? And so that's what really kind of catapulted me into doing this work.
0: Wow. That's very, very interesting. It's it's important work. It, uh, it's definitely an honor to, to have you here today. It's a, a challenging topic, but it's so important that we get the word out there and, and you certainly have a, a background that understands. Can you provide us with a, a brief overview of the problem of human trafficking in general terms and specifically in Broward County?
1: Sure. That's a great question. One of the things that I'd like to talk about in discussing the issues in Broward County is the myths and misconceptions that people still have and hold that this only happens to a certain group of people and that it's reserved for a certain class of people. In Broward County, where I'm heavily involved in all things anti human trafficking, in Broward County we have what we call an MDS committee, which is a multidisciplinary staffing committee. And understand in Broward County what we've seen is that human trafficking touches all races, ethnicities, genders sexual orientations. So we here, we have an issue with not just sex trafficking, but we have an issue also with labor trafficking here in Broward County. Understand, we are one of the largest counties in the state of Florida, which is why we are hit so hard with both labor and sex trafficking, because one is our geographical makeup, And two is because of the diversity that is here in our county. So because human trafficking does not discriminate and because the county of Broward is such a melting pot, the numbers that we get here are extremely high. One of the things that I'd like to touch on and bring to everyone's attention is a lot of the work and some of the work that we do in Broward County is stuff that people are not doing anyplace else. Like in Broward County, we have multidisciplinary staffings two Thursdays a month in this county, where when someone contacts the 1-896 abuse hotline, which is the Florida abuse hotline, and they report some allegations or suspicions that a child is being groomed for trafficking, commercially sexually exploited, or trafficked or any way they feel that this is happening. Mind you, again, these are allegations that are being called into the hotline. In Broward County, the Broward Sheriff's Office which oversees our child protection unit here in Broward we, we call them BSOCPS officers they have designated 11 Broward Sheriff's Office child protection investigators to investigate specific and only human trafficking allegations against children when they calls come through the hotline. So when those calls come through the hotline, one of those BSOCPIS investigators is assigned to that particular call, that case, to follow up with whatever the allegations are. And then what happens is, is that whatever staffing Thursdays that has been scheduled, that CEPUS investigator comes to us and presents that case. And then it's at that time we determine whether or not there's enough information to verify this child as a trafficking victim or a commercially sexually exploited youth. We're lacking in a lot of areas. We've come a long way, but when identifying adult victims, of course, you know, it's much harder because with human trafficking, if the person is over the age of 18, you have to have that element, right? You have to have that element of either force, fraud or coercion if the person is over the age of 18. And so a lot of times it makes it very difficult to identify an adult victim of of human trafficking because with youth, there are certain components that we don't need. We don't need that force, fraud or coercion because of the age of consent and things like that. But we do have so much that we're dealing with it in Broward that the state attorney's office has actually created a human trafficking diversion program for youth because we do know that the pimps and the traffickers will coerce the children into committing crimes. And so because we're in Broward County trying to approach this, and we have been approaching this from a victim-centered approach, the state attorney's office, rather than prosecute these children, is giving them an opportunity at diversion because we're looking at the why and not the what. Yeah, they may have a battery here, but what else is going on here? There may be some underlying issues. So while we're addressing The criminal aspect of it, we're also making sure that the young people are getting the services that they need here in the county.
0: Wow, that's that's excellent information. It's definitely a a proactive approach, and and I hope that other larger uh, metropolitan areas are are taking the same approach and and being proactive and identifying the underlying causes of the situation that, uh, that these children are in. So, from your experience as the human trafficking coordinator for the state attorney's office, as well as the coalition president, what are some of the challenges in prosecuting human trafficking cases?
1: Wow. There are many. (laughs) Even trying to address the issue from a victim-centered approach, you catch a lot. You see a lot. There's a lot of trauma bonding that takes place between a trafficker and a survivor. So a lot of times the challenges are when you are trying to prosecute a trafficker, you run into the wall of the trauma bond You run into the wall of the victim, the survivor, not being in the position mentally, psychologically, to even testify. You run into the problem that the victim is on the run because they're in fear. Or you just run into the fact that the victim is not on the run. They're just so terrified that they do not want to face this person in court. And then you also run into the issue when prosecuting a case where you have some people that don't see themselves as victims because they become so numb and become so desensitized to what's happening that They feel like because I survived it, you know, I survived it. I'm alive. I'm okay. I just want to forget it ever happened and move on. Because understanding when you're, when you're trying to prosecute human trafficking cases, because human trafficking cases can be prosecuted in both federal and state court because it's a state crime and it's a federal crime. Now federal cases move faster, way faster than state cases do. And so a lot of times In prosecuting cases, the state attorney's office, when we sit down and we're looking over these cases, we have to make the determination, because we're coming at it from a victim-centered approach, what's going to be best for the victim? How is the survivor going to be best served? So is it better to let the case go federal? Because in the federal system, the case is going to move quicker. And in the federal system, the defense does not have to depose the survivor where Florida is one of the many states that will still allow the defense to depose the victim. And that's a challenge for us. You know, if we have a 13 or 14-year-old trafficking survivor, we're trying to prosecute the case, and the trafficker's defense attorney wants to depose the survivor, the state of Florida allows that. That is something that we really need changed via legislation. That's a legislative issue. Not all states do that, but Florida is one of the ones that does allow the, the defendant's attorney to depose the victim. In federal court, that doesn't happen. They still have to go to trial. They still have to testify, but that's just one less piece and form of trauma that they're saved from. So those are some of the things and some of the challenges that we're facing when we're prosecuting, when we prosecute cases or trying to prosecute human trafficking cases here in this county.
0: Right. Interesting. Wow, I could definitely see how a victim being deposed, how that's going to provide a, a sense of fear, and it, it's going to ultimately get them to, to perhaps not open up, and I, I could see why, you know, why that needs to be changed. I hope, that, uh, I hope they do change that. So as we continue our discussion, a lot of people don't fully understand what human trafficking is, and I believe that a lot of victims, as she had mentioned, don't realize that they're a victim. How is the coalition working to provide this awareness to the community and to victims?
1: Okay, great. Yeah, thank you for asking that question. And so this also gives me a little bit of of an opportunity to talk about the Broward Human Trafficking Coalition and the work that we do. Our mission, our sole mission is to raise awareness and educate our community, our community partners, community-based organizations, our courts, our faith-based population about human trafficking and what it is. So what we do is we create curriculums For all of the entities, the systems, the school board, all of the systems that I just mentioned, we create curriculums for them. We also create curriculums not just about human trafficking, but also the trauma that is attached with human trafficking. We specialize in human trafficking one-on-one, which is a basic two-hour training course on what human trafficking is. But most importantly, Dr. Sandusky, what human trafficking is not. Because what happens is you get caught up in the satire and the sensationalism of of human trafficking because it's such a, you know, the hot topic. And then people start seeing human trafficking everywhere. And then what happens is, is that actually hurts the cause. And it really kind of like diminishes what we're trying to do. So one of the things that the Broward Human Trafficking Coalition focuses on is not just educating about what human trafficking is, but what human trafficking isn't. We create curriculums for faith-based organizations and how those communities of faith, how they can deal, how do they can deal with their, the congregations and those that are attend their places of worship if, in fact, they come across a family or a young person that is dealing with someone being trafficked. We create curriculums for the schools. We're, we're actually, right now, I'm in the process of getting a curriculum vetted through the school board of Broward County that we created, which is assisting teachers in recognizing and identifying human trafficking in their virtual classrooms. So we're in the process of trying to get that vetted. I actually made some corrections to the curriculum today to send back in so they can continue the vetting process. We have created, through the coalition, a fantastic network of service providers. We are not a service provider agency. We do not provide specific services other than the education and awareness piece, but we have created such a community that, for instance, we have Holy Cross Hospital, which we are partnered with, which has a STEPS program. The Holy Cross Hospital STEPS Programs offers free medical attention to survivors of human trafficking, young women that need gynecological assistance. We have partnerships with optometrists for survivors that need glasses. We have partnership with Nova Southeastern University that offers their dentistry program, that offers their Um, psychology program for counseling. We have created partners with so many different organizations. So when we get the phone calls or people are calling us saying, listen, this is what I have. This is what I need. We're able to refer appropriately, even though we're not providing that specific service because people respect what we do and they know that they can trust this organization. We're able to make sure that we are not creating and causing any further harm that we are referring out appropriately.
0: Right. Excellent. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. I, I didn't realize that the coalition was, was doing all that. That's definitely uh, it's needed, and it's definitely on the, the cutting edge in terms of, of what organizations are doing nationwide that I've spoken with. And we'll, we'll discuss toward the end of the podcast as far as how citizens are able to, to reach out to the coalition if they want to volunteer. But we're about to take a break. But before we do, the website for the coalition is... It's bhtc.us.
1: Yes, it's www.bhtc.us. It's very user-friendly, and we try to keep it as updated as possible. You can also find statistics for Broward County, cases of H human trafficking, commercial sexual exploitation. You will also be able to find those statistics on our website, calendar events, and all kinds of things.
0: That's fantastic.
1: So let's go
0: ahead and take a break. We're speaking with Ms. Jamara Johnson. She's the human trafficking coordinator at the state attorney's office and is the president of the coalition, Broward Human Trafficking Coalition. We'll be right back. Working in homeland security requires versatile experts to handle domestic and international security issues. A homeland security degree at American Military University offers you the chance to improve your expertise and develop practical knowledge for combating terrorism and security threats to our nation. Learn from experienced leaders in homeland security. Apply today at amuonline.com. Welcome back, everybody. Again, our guest is Ms. Jumaro Johnson. She's the Human Trafficking Coordinator for the State Attorney's Office in Broward County and the coalition president. So welcome back.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Awesome.
0: So our audience includes a lot of first responders. How can first responders assist in recognizing and combating human trafficking?
1: That's a great question. The first thing is they have to be willing to be teachable. The organizations have to buy into the fact that the training is needed because people think they know what this looks like because they've reserved it for a certain group of people. So if you're not looking for something to happen to a certain group of people, you're going to miss it. And the fact that human trafficking does not discriminate, which means that it could happen to anybody, if you're not trained and understanding that It can happen to anybody. If you have not grasped that concept, if you have not been in the presence of someone that has has given you or taught you what the red flags are, what a rehearsed story sounds like from a, a human trafficking survivor, if your organization hasn't bought into the fact that this type of training and education is needed, then we're gonna continue to miss the mark. So in order for law enforcement officers to better serve those that are being trafficked by traffickers, those that are being victimized by traffickers, those that are being exploited by traffickers, the first thing first is they have to be made aware. They have to be taught what trafficking is, what trafficking isn't, and then they have to be teachable. And the most important thing, uh, Mr. Sandusky, they have to care because I conduct trainings all the time for law enforcement officers. You have a background in law enforcement and there may have been times that you've been to trainings and you may have checked out or you may have not thought, you probably have thought that this probably isn't something that is applicable to me or I'm not going to need to know this. And so when you're a trainer and you're scanning the room, you can pretty much tell who's checked in and who's checked out. When we're talking about this particular topic, when we're talking about this particular issue, when we're talking about this particular epidemic, We need everybody to stay checked in, to stay tuned in all of the time because for the simple fact that it's not reserved for one specific population, it is not reserved for one particular race or ethnicity or within a socioeconomic category. It doesn't discriminate. It can touch any and everyone on any given day because two things drive trafficking, money and exploitation. So when you're talking about money and when you're talking about exploitation, no one is exempt. So for law enforcement to be able to better serve, they have to be willing to receive the training, to hold on to it and to apply it in their everyday duties. I know some amazing law enforcement officers and I know some not so amazing law enforcement officers. We have a human trafficking task force here in Broward County. The state attorney's office created the task force under the leadership of our current state attorney, Mr. Satz. I'm the coordinator for this task force. Our partners are the FBI, Fort Lauderdale Police Department, Coral Springs Police Department, and Miramar Police Department. And you're talking about officers who are working 16, 17, 18 hour days on human trafficking cases, following up on leads doing sting operations, following suspected traffickers. There are 31 municipalities of Broward County, and we only have three municipalities on our task force. That says something, right, about the response or the lack of response. Hopefully going into this new year, January, we'll be able to approach these municipalities again and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's needed. We just had a big case in August where our task force, along with the assistance of the FBI, was able to arrest two female traffickers that were trafficking some young girls. And so having that and being able to go take that to them and say, listen, this is what's going on in your county. We need your help. Because if we got this case done with just three guys, just imagine what else is out there.
0: Right, that's a good point. It's so important that uh, that attention is, is drawn to it.
1: If you'd like, if you're interested, we can talk about some of the statistics and the numbers that we see here in Broward County. Yes, please. I had talked earlier about the multidisciplinary staffings that we have two Thursdays a month, and so... This is just to give you just some idea of what we're looking at here in Broward County as it pertains to identification. So as I stated earlier, um, when I talked about the, the process of when someone calls something into the hotline and the caller, the hotline receiver will then assign that case or give that case to a BSO CIPUS investigator, and then we have the staffings. So what we do is we collect numbers quarterly. In Broward County. And then at the end of the year, you know, we compile a report for that year. And so the report consists of the total number of calls that came into the hotline that was specific to trafficking only. And then we go through them, and then we staff them, and then we have the numbers, the kids that are verified, their age ranges, their background, their race, and their gender so the numbers that i'm about to read out to you now are for 2019 and these are specific to broward county only so for 2019 there was 201 calls came into the florida abuse hotline specific to trafficking of children 201 calls now 188 of those calls were specific to commercial sexual exploitation of a child. And 13 of those calls were specific to labor trafficking of a child. So of those 201 cases, we were able to verify without a shadow of a doubt, 60 of those cases were absolutely identified as being children that were being trafficked. 60 out of that 201. That's a lot of kids.
0: Yeah, that's, that's scary.
1: Yeah. So the age ranges at the time of intake and the ages I'm about to give you is of the 201 cases. Okay. We verified 60, but of the 201 calls that came in, there was two that ranged in the ages from zero to five, 10 range into the age of 60, 11, 138, range in the age of 12 to 16, 47 range in the age of 17. And we do know for a fact that the age of entry into the commercial sex industry is anywhere from 12 to 13 years old. So that is why that 12 to 16 age range is so high. When we talk about the child's background, of that 201 calls that came in, only 48 of those children were in dependency care, were in foster care. 149 of those kids were community children, which means that they were your kids, my kids, your niece, your nephew. You understand? These were kids that came from the community. 96 of those calls were referenced um, African-American children, 82 Caucasian, one Native American, five biracial, and 17, for whatever reason, we were not able to determine their race. 14 of those calls were specific to male children, 183 to female, three to transgender, and one we were unable to determine agenda for whatever reason. So I said this to just give you some idea of what we're dealing with here in Broward County, but also what we're doing and the efforts that we're making to identify what's going on with our children.
0: All right. That's uh, it's definitely disheartening you know, to hear those numbers. And, and it's so important that people realize that this is going on in their, their communities, their, their neighborhoods. This is uh, definitely difficult, but very, very important information to share. If a victim of human trafficking is listening today to this podcast, what would you say to them?
1: I would say to them that it can get better and it does get better. There is help for you. You are worth it. Your life is worth fighting for. And if you need help, you can always contact the National Human Trafficking Hotline at one 888 373 888. If you are in fear of using the phone, if you don't want to draw attention to yourself and you don't want anybody to see you dialing a number, you can text 233733 to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And that text spells be free. So if you're too afraid to call the hotline because you don't want to be caught dialing a number, you can text 233 733 233 733 you can text be free to the hotline if you suspect anyone is being trafficked please contact the national human trafficking hotline 888 373 788 if you suspect a child is being trafficked or groomed for trafficking or commercially sexually exploited please contact the florida abuse hotline at 800 96 abuse that's one 962 We encourage everyone that if you see something, say something. We're not asking you to investigate anything. We don't even care if it's not trafficking, but what if it is? You could save someone's life. All we're asking you to do is just to make a phone call, tell what you saw, and let the professionals do the rest of the work.
0: Absolutely. Very impactful. It's, it's very important. What can our audience members do if they wish to partner with the coalition and provide support? Are there any volunteer opportunities and how can they contact the Broward Human Trafficking Coalition?
1: Yes, thank you. As I stated earlier, the Broward Human Trafficking Coalition, we are a nonprofit, and I mean that literally. <laughs> All of the work that we do, my executive board, none of us take a salary. None of us take a salary. Everything that we do through the coalition is done based on volunteer work. So we survive off of sponsorships and off of donations and off of volunteer work. So if you're interested in partnering with us, if you want to sponsor our event, if you want to donate to us, you can email us at info at bhtc.us or you can donate through our website, which is www.bhtc.us. Every single penny that is donated to the Broward Human Trafficking Coalition goes back into our coalition to educate our community and raise awareness about human trafficking. None of us take a salary. None of my board members take a salary. Every piece of energy and time that we spend is done through volunteer work.
0: I want to, again, thank you so much, and I want to encourage everybody to to get involved and to support the Broward Human Trafficking Coalition, and again, the website's www.bhtc.us. We've been speaking with Ms. Jumaro Johnson from the Broward Human Trafficking Coalition, as well as she is the Human Trafficking Coordinator for the Broward County State Attorney's Office. Ms. Johnson, thank you so much for sharing this information.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jared. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you again.
0: For more information about our university, visit us at amuonline.com. Thank you for listening. AMU, American Military University.